0: And welcome to the Dan O'Neill Show. My name is Dan O'Neill and I'm 26 years old. I am the founder of the number one real estate team on Long Island. That's the last day I can say that, being 26, not being the number one team on Long Island. And today, with me, I have a very special guest, my inspiration, who really needs no introduction, but obviously we're going to do it anyway. Real estate mogul, founder of his own brokerage, Sirhan, best selling author, star on Bravo's million dollar listing. And has a new book out, Big Money Energy, and soon to be my adopted big brother, Mr. Ryan Serhan. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank, thank you for taking the time out. I, I really genuinely appreciate it very much.
1: Where are you? You're like at a brick studio in yeah. Long Island somewhere?
0: I'm in a uh, Long Island basement here uh, over at Colk Interactive. It's a uh, pretty pretty sweet nice. setup. Yeah. Um, nice. Awesome. Thank you. So, uh, so jumping right into it, congrats on all the success. My first question has to be, what is your skincare routine? You have like the most, the best complexion I've ever seen. Have you ever had a pimple in your life?
1: Yeah, I had a cystic acne for a really, really, really long time. Um, really? it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, devastating to be honest. Cause the only thing that I actually wanted to do was was theater and acting when I was growing up. And so, um, from like, I guess it was ninth grade through college. Um, I had, I did four courses of Accutane, uh, (laughs) had to end up finding a dermatologist, I can't remember where he was from, but Dr. Nays, that guy saved my life. Um, And went through two different rounds of V-beam laser treatment. Uh, But yeah, but now, um, now I'm like the whitest guy ever. (laughs) <laughs> um, I have zero pores, but it's great. It's much better than what I had to go through when people used to make fun of me when I was growing up.
0: Me too. Accutane actually almost killed me. That's oh, something really? awful. Yeah, it was awful for, for my liver, my kidneys, something. Oh, uh, yeah. That, but that's yeah. amazing. You have, you have a great uh, complexion. So I just wanted to give you that compliment. So I saw the other night you sold something for $140 million. Like that to me is just absolutely banana lands. Obviously, yeah. that wasn't right from the start. So what were your first few years of real estate like?
1: <laughs> um my first few years were listen I I came to New York City not to do real estate right I came to New York because I went to college in upstate New York. I had construction job summer money saved up. my grandfather had died, left a little bit of money it was like 18 grand or something like that um, uh, to me and I said, you know what I've got some savings. if I live super cheap, I can live in New York City try the acting thing, see if I can make it. Otherwise I'll regret it for the rest of my life, right? Um, I took the LSAT to try to go to law school twice, bombed it twice. Uh, And so that really showed me and showed my parents like, okay, listen, I gotta do this thing. Um, And so I went to New York, I tried it, didn't work, ran out of money and I needed to either leave New York because it was too expensive, obviously with no money um, or uh, or get a job, right? And my parents were, were willing to take me home my parents, you know, I, I grew up nicely, um, but they were never willing to help me. And you know, if I wanted to do something, I had to do it on my own. Um, same way, if I ever wanted to buy anything when I was a kid, there was no like allowance. It was, you know, go. You wanna, you want to buy your first video camera? No problem. Um, there's a yard outside. Make it look perfect, and we'll pay you per hour. And I was seven. Um, and so, uh, you know, so I, I got a job, kind of, I and mean, it wasn't really a job. But I got my real estate license, and I started renting apartments. Cause I figured if I could rent an apartment for $2,000 a month, you know, you take a one month fee, it's 2000 mm-hmm. bucks. I was a brand new agent, 50, 50 with the house. So I'd make a thousand dollars. Uh, so if I did a couple of those a month, then mm-hmm. I could, you know, pay all my bills and then do whatever else I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like, was it, that was my first two years was posting ads on apartments on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Um, for open listings, meeting college students, random people, one of my best friends, Scott Sporn actually now, that's exactly how I met him. His dad emailed me off a, uh, Rich Sporn emailed me off an open ad on Craigslist at the end of 2008. So like my son would like to rent an apartment. I rented him 21L at 75 wall street. Um, uh, you know, and so that's what I did my first couple of years until I slowly realized, wait a minute, I think I could do more of this. And I became very addicted to the game. Um, uh, and then it just started going from there.
0: Yeah. So to, to back you up, I mean, I, I read your first book and, and what I thought was really interesting was you used to go to like Saks Fifth Ave and you used to go to these places and really just introduce yourself and, and meet people. Yeah. And when I first got started, kind of the same thing, I had no money. So I used to go to these fancy bougie restaurants and I would order a club soda with like a lime in it. So it looked like I was drinking, you know, a great goose drink. And I would order like a yeah, yeah. rack of lambs that were on like the secret menu. So I spent maybe like $20 and I would go to McDonald's afterwards to actually eat, but I would just be there with all of these millionaires. And I would hand out my business card with, you know, my $20, whatever it was, suit on and, uh, awesome. and it really worked for me. Yeah, and, and, it, and I kind of learned that from yours with you going down to Saks and kind of almost just, you know, not faking it till you make it, but just getting in front of people and, and the more people that you meet and introduce yourself to the more conversions that you're going to get. Um, so yeah,
1: there's a big difference. And I just want to clarify I, I, So I really like that story. Um, uh, uh, but there's a big difference between fake it till you make it and, and becoming future you, right. Which I talk about a lot. Like I, and big money energy is really, is about that, right. There are people who have bullshit money energy and those are the people who are faking it, right. Mm-hmm. They're rolling up in a car that they can't afford, um, uh, that they've leased. They still live in a basement, you know, they're wearing some bullshit outfit and they're talking about everything they've ever done to try to impress people, but they've never actually done it. So they're just they're just lying, right? It's inauthentic. For for me, and what it sounded like for you was hey, I can be the absolute best in this industry one day. I believe I'm the best now. Do I have the experience? No. Do I have the contacts? No. But I'm gonna position myself to be future me right now. So can I afford a gray goose? It's three of them. No. Right? But can I be in that situation? And can I be the role before I am the role? Right. And if people ask me, like, hey, how much have you sold? I'll be honest with them, young, hungry, sold a handful of things, um, but I'm the best in the business, but they never will because I'm just going to associate with them. And I'm going to know more than everybody else. And slowly but surely, time will go on and you will just become that person. Um, and that's, that's, that's what having like magnetic energy, magnetic confidence is all about.
0: Right. And, and I think too, what you said um, that I love is, you know, you became obsessed with the game, right? So there's being hungry for success. They're starving for success. And then there's being famished for success. And one of my questions that I really wanted to ask you as if like, we were just in a room alone is I'm having a tough time with work-life balance. So this business, it's not about the money. It's, it's about the relationships and it's about the daily wins and the daily dopamine hits that, that I receive from these wins. But my problem is I'm so obsessed with this game this, this infinite game that I'm having a really tough time being you know, a good son, being present in front of my girlfriend, not being on my phone at dinner, not working 90 hours a week. So, I mean, I have no clue how you have any sort of work-life balance. So can you give me a little bit of advice on work-life balance?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't have work-life balance. <laughs> you know, I have, um, I, I had girlfriends before Amelia Mm. Who didn't like that I'd be on my phone and didn't like that at work. And I mm. and I realized that those were just not good partners for me. Mm. Right. Um, uh, my parents and family also understand my drive and they get it, right? And so they don't they don't guilt me. Like mm. they they'll call me on Sunday and just they checking in to see if I'm in the office. Right. <laughs> so like I've I, I kind of aligned myself with people who understand what my main priority is, which is while I can, it won't be forever. right? Mm-hmm. While I can, I want to take as much advantage of every single minute every day to build the biggest business that I can. Um, and because it won't be forever, let me do this now while I have the energy, while I have the presence, while I have the exposure, mm-hmm. because one day you're going to be like, hey, hey, bud, don't you want to go to work? And be like, mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that eventually will, will happen. I'm sure in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I listen, I calendar and schedule absolutely everything. Um, I know that two nights a week, um, I get home by 6 PM to put the baby down. And then by seven 30, I can go into my room and do emails and phone calls if I have to, but I don't do appointments after those times. And that's fine. And I, Mm -hmm. I tell my clients that, and obviously post COVID, it's not like I have dinner events, Mm -hmm. Um, and then Saturdays, uh, for us, you know, open houses in the city are on Sundays, Mm -hmm. um, and appointments that way. And so Saturdays really, unless I have an important client, um, are, are for the baby, but that, you know, also having a little bit of a life was the reason the team got so big. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just levered up as much as I possibly could. I have like, you know, one, two, so I have, I have four assistants um, I know. I've been uh, doing it One long. of them only does email. I know. <laughs> yeah. One of them only deals with email, right. Hmm. Um, uh, I have a handful of people who just really, really help, so that I can focus every day only on what I do. Otherwise, like I remember when I was, when I was 26, 27, 28, like if I left the office before 10 PM, it didn't feel like a full work day. Um, and I would do my appointments, run around the city all day long, But I'd get into the office around seven thirty eight, and then I would end my day there too. I just didn't like working from home, right? Because I had like my system, like my command center at the office, where I could actually get things done. And to be honest, like, was it awesome? Uh, No. But would I be where I am today without having done that? Fuck no. Because I was able to prospect and get ahead of everybody else who had a leg up compared to me. Mm-hmm. Um and so while they were all sleeping or at the movies or on vacation right. I was I was there working right to to build volume and it just kind of is what it is so you just sort of have to um come to terms with it and I will say the best piece of advice I have is uh to set expectations with communication with people like the only like it's going to get to you if your girlfriend gets pissed off because you don't set the expectation that hey I'll put my phone down for half an hour And that's dinner time. And you make that commitment, right? You put it down, you put it to the side, you don't look at it, give a little bit of a break. And she understands that. Um, And you make time for them, but the way you work, you got to, you got to calendar it and you got to schedule it. And you make it kind of a game too.
0: So that is uh, amazing advice. Thank you. What went into the decision? So, I mean, mid pandemic here, you start your own brokerage. I am somebody that wholeheartedly believes partly because of you that it really is the agent and not the company, right? It's your own brand. So recently I was going through the recruiting process. I I left a a bigger name company and went to a a bit of a smaller boutique here on the Island. And the funny thing is, is the bigger brands were telling me that, you know, I wanted to get, to get into media. I wanted to get into a lot bigger projects out into the Hamptons. And all of them told me that I would never be able to do that. Never be able to get in front of you, someone like you if I didn't join their bigger company and it's just a testament to really being, you know, the, the the agent and their own brand as opposed to the company. So, what made you? You're an absolute lunatic. What made you start your own brokerage? You're a genius too. Um, in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, you know, how is that going for you so far? How much do you love it?
1: Um, uh, I I love it more than more than you can possibly know, uh, because I I I really enjoy the risk. Like it's so terrifying. <laughs> uh, especially last year when we started. Mm. Um, but like, it, it always happens to me, right? I don't know, I think I'm just the kind of person where I have to have my back against the wall and I will come out, right? Like if you chain me to the bottom of a lake, like it is fight or flight and I will fucking figure out how to get to the top and, and breathe. Like mm. I, you know, like I, when we were doing this in it was the middle of the pandemic and everyone was like, you're totally insane. In my head, I was like, you know what, if I could come out swinging and do one deal over 20 million on my own, which I, which I could do anyway, but like I was never, I was always on my own. I just had an umbrella above me. Um, like that'll, that'll really prove something. Right. And within four months I came out and we did one for 22 and a half, one for twenty, one for 33, and then one for 132,880,000 last Thursday right? Really, really helping me plant the flag. And none of, I didn't know I was going to do any of those deals going into it, but it's amazing what happens when when you do push your back up against the wall. But the brokerage for me is really agent brand first, but I also understand agents who have zero brand to start need a brand behind them to help them do business. I also need agents to help me build and do business, right? I don't, I don't have time to run around and show apartments all day long. <laughs> um, uh, and so the agents that we bring on are experienced um, and they've got an amazing foundation but they wanna take it to that next level and we just have the resources for them to be able to do that. And right. as we grow and as right. we expand, we will really be, I think, one of the best platforms out there with everything that we're working on, everything we're building now for the agent of the future. Um, and, that's, and that won't just be in New York, right?
0: So it's starting to happen a little bit locally here where people, excuse me, agents are reaching out to me saying that, you know, I inspire them and that they look up to me. And, you know, I'm sitting here 26 years old and like, I don't think anybody should really be looking up to me, right? It's like such a a weird feeling. So knowing every day that like, we all look up to you the entire industry, all these young agents doing video doing funny, creative, you know, content knowing all of that and having all of us look to you who do you look to for inspiration and, and maybe for advice?
1: um, uh, who do I look for inspiration? I I look for, I look at like massive people in the industry, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I look at, um, you know, I don't know, like I I read shoe dog by Phil Knight, right? I'm not Nike. I won't be (laughs) Nike. I don't make shoes, but like his story, um, is really, really, really inspiring that he like wrote a thesis about Japanese cameras and then really struggled and built this crazy shoe company and it, and it worked, right. Because he just was super persistent and, you know, love for the game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I look at anyone, any Titan of industry. And I always think, listen, a big part too of of big money energy is like, you've got to be a person who is a thousand percent comfortable with saying, why not me? Mm -hmm. Like why, why not me? Right. I want to do a deal uh, over a hundred million dollars. Why not me? How am I going to do that? Where am I going to find this person? What do, how do I how do I have to get there? It's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, it'll happen one day. So how do I get there? Um, uh, uh, you know. So yeah, those are the types of people that I that I look to. Just huge people.
0: Okay. And I don't
1: know. We'll see what the future does.
0: Yeah. So uh, so obviously, big money energy is out. I am still waiting on my copy. Um, I will be expecting that hopefully uh, asap. So for those that um, have not ordered it yet. Can you give us the, uh, the pitch right now, whether it's real estate, business, or just life in general, like what is big money energy to you?
1: Big money energy to me is finding that ability inside yourself, because we all have it, to take what is completely raw and turn it into the absolute best version of yourself without waiting. I, 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 I'm impatient um, uh, by nature. And I think it's helped me in business because I, I, I move incredibly quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we, we all had complete control over ourselves at some point in life. And then we all lost it either some Dick boss or boyfriend or girlfriend or your parents or some teacher told you you weren't good enough. Right. And so we took a step back, right. And we kind of crawled back inside of ourselves. Mm Um, and, uh, Big money energy is finding that process to be able to find unlimited, humble confidence so that you can walk into a room and control it so that you can go out and start leading the life that you want to lead tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that, like, you know, you already have that's making the decision when you're in your 20s hey, I want to associate myself with people that are wealthier and more successful than me because that's going to help me build my business. So I'm going to be around them. Can I afford Grey Goose? No. Can I afford club soda? Yes. Is anyone going to ask me what's in my drink kit? <laughs> no. no, I'm going to be there and I'm going to step outside my comfort zone uh, because that's where the magic is. And so yeah. the book is really kind of like my 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 blueprint for confidence uh, told through you know the, the pain of the deals and stories that I went through. Um, when I first came to New York city. So sell like Serhant, which you read uh, mm-hmm. is a toolkit more than anything, right? right? It is like exactly how I operate my business, how I do what I do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it is a toolkit for sales and for the gig economy. Uh, this is that secret sauce. That's what big money energy is. It's how do you take those tools and actually use them? Because anyone can have a toolkit and then it just sits in the closet. But if you don't want to use it, then you can't go build that amazing fucking house that yep. you've always wanted. Um, no pun intended
0: <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm super excited to read it so um, I, I'm just gonna as we wrap it up here I appreciate unless... you.
1: thank you for pushing it I, listen I, I appreciate that very much so
0: did, did that post get your attention or was that like Puma on your Instagram because like you're you're Instagram... uh, the
1: team yeah no it got the it got the team's attention
0: okay <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so as we wrap this up, I just want to wrap into a few, uh, few rapid questions here. Is that all right?
1: Yeah, we got till 8 30.
0: All right, we got two minutes. All right, so what is the future and next location of Serhat?
1: Well, we just signed a lease a couple weeks ago and announced it last week. Um, We outgrew our Tribeca townhouse, and so now we're going into the old Tommy Hilfiger flagship store. It's 15,000 square feet. We took down an entire building in the middle of Soho, and my presence in Soho is now bigger than Louis Vuitton. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) All right.
1: That's Soho headquarters. That'll be New York headquarters. And then we'll branch from there. From there, we'll go, you know, Hampton, South Florida, kind of the the key, the key luxury markets that we're already in.
0: Okay. All right. So as we have one more minute, uh, my mom, I just found out is the, your biggest fan. I didn't even know that she had Instagram. I didn't know she even like watched TV. So I promised her that, uh, that I would tell her that you said hi. So hi, mom. all right listen thank you so much actually wait one last question i know you have amelia puma adrian your daughter ali i see kelly behind you but will you be my big brother
1: um i gotta ask my little brother (laughs) his permission okay because i like i'm i'm a big brother to to him so if he's cool with it then then yes
0: all right perfect listen thank you so much for taking the time i really really appreciate it look forward to reading the book if you haven't yet go order big money energy Let's go. You're the man. Thank you so much. Tell your team. I said, thank you too. I really appreciate it. Thanks
1: man. See ya. All right. Thank
0: you.